Delta Phi Alpha. Alpha Kappa Alpha. Kappa Alpha Psi. Omega Psi Phi. Delta Sigma Theta. Phi Beta Sigma. Theta Phi Beta. Sigma Gamma Rho. Iota Phi Theta. Hey, this is Eric, and joining me on this episode is Drew Herbst, who is a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated and a native of the Bronx, New York. He currently resides just outside Washington, D.C., where he runs his personal training and event marketing ventures. Drew, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? Good. How about you? Thank you. Hey, the pleasure is all mine, man, with the pandemic and everything going on, man. I know we're all getting pulled in different directions, man. But um, for those of us who made it to see another day, I think that's a good thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. With all this stuff going on. I wanted to reach out to you and, and, and uh, hear your Greek story and what inspired you to join uh, your organization. So where did you where did you go to school? At James Madison University. It's in uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia. Oh, really? OK. OK. Mm -hmm. Is that where you were initiated? What, so what year? Fall 91. Fall 91. Oh, okay. That's uh, technically, that qualifies as old school at this point. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How many people were initiated with you? Uh, total of five. It was five of us. I was the number three. Five. The number three. The trade. What was the name of the line? The line was in living color. <laughs> in living color. What chapter was that? Uh, Pie New. Pi New Chapter in Living Color. And what, pray tell, was your line name? <laughs> I'm not going to disclose that as well. Uh-oh, oh, oh <laughs> see, see, it's always what? It's always what? Okay. No, they gave, us, they gave us horrible line names. They, they just, they decided to give us all this since we were, you know, all so funny. So funny. That's what they called us in Living Color. Because <laughs> we had jokes for days. I was given two line names, really. Two? Two. They gave me that one, but then they also gave me another one because of an incident that occurred while I was pledging. Man, you just described, you know, 600,000 people, man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, okay. So, can you give us a little hint? So, based on a living color, you know, uh, my one, what was his name? Uh, Anton. Remember from the lemon color, little drunk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, yeah. Yep. Okay. Then man, we had man on film. Okay. Yeah. Then we had handyman. Okay. Yes. Uh, my four was Mr. McAfee. <laughs> my five was homie. Homie the clown. Uh huh. And of course, since you know the only white character they could think of from in lemon color was Fire Marshal Bill. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so the other name I was given was Italian Stallion because I flipped out one night. So, because we had a couple of bros visiting and they did some stuff that really pissed me off and I lost it. Hmm. Yep. Hmm. I'm sorry. I was having a flashback for a second. Okay. <laughs> so You're good. <laughs> All right. So it's five of you guys online. Um mm -hmm. You obviously they they determine the characteristics of the collective uh, pretty early on. Yeah. And, and so humor was obviously a, a large part of your process, man. But it was. But so so let me ask this. How did you end up 
joining. Did you have any Greek influences either at school or in your family? No, I didn't. So I actually, when I went to school, I played football and um, there were a lot of signals on a football team. I think we probably had about 12, 13 of them. Wow. And um, so my sweet mates, they were the ones, a couple of them I was close to my freshman year. They were talking about pledging. Um, then I knew some of the Zetas. And then, of course, we had, there were a bunch of signals on the team. So people kind of just were talking to me. Cause I wasn't even thinking about pledging at first. I was just trying to get acclimated to a school football because, you know, being an athlete and studying was not easy. Wow. Okay. So I started taking a look at everything and, um, you know, when it boiled down to it, I chose Sigma because I appreciate how everyone came together to work together, but I also appreciate the fact that everybody was their own individual outside of the organization. Some of the fraternities down there, I'm not going to name them. They all kind of dressed alike, acted alike, and that, yeah, I don't, no, nah, that's not for me. I like people who are individuals. Individuals working toward a common cause. Correct. I love it. it, it there is a difference, right? And, and it's noticeable. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, you want to find an organization that is aligned um, with your personal principles, but not just a group of, you know, 50 of the same, you know, um, mindsets walking around, right? I mean, yep. there's a certain type of um, benefit you get from having that diversity, you know, different mindsets, perspectives, and all of that, man. You, that That's almost a requirement, you know, yeah, when it comes to running a, a chapter. Of, yeah, you don't have a whole bunch of yes men agreeing to everything. We can all, you know, kick in different ways and come up with different concepts, and we can have you know, discussions and, and go from there. Well, you know, one last thought as far as the, the, the name of the line and all that good stuff. <laughs> I'm just going to say there was a certain cartoon, and, and I'm a little bit before your time, but there was a certain cartoon that uh, had a character, Papa Smurf, and all these other cats that wore blue and white little cartoon outfits. Mm -hmm. And um, that's all I'm going to say. So uh, anyway, how was that experience for you, though, man? So you say you're trying to balance football, the fraternity and, and things like that, man. So how did that impact your life after you were initiated? It didn't really change a lot aside from, you know, now we have some other obligations after football. So I had to try and balance football with any, um, you know, community events we were doing or any events that we had plus school. So, I mean, that was really the main difference. Um, of course, there were a bunch of people that did not know who I was because I was just studying and playing ball. And then they're like, hold, hold on, who's, who's, who's this dude? <laughs> I hear you. So was your family supportive when you say, hey, I think I'm going to join a fraternity? Honestly, they didn't really know too much about fraternities or sororities. Really? Mm -mm. They had no issue. Were there a lot of Greeks on, on, on the campus at that time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were um, we were the second line underground. Um, and yeah, I mean, us, the Qs were really big. The Alphas had a lot of people, Kappas. There was no Iotas there. Um, and then Zetas were, yeah, Zetas, Deltas, AKAs were all pretty big. I mean, the Sigma Gamma Rose, I think they probably had, I think every organization had at least 10 plus. <laughs> I got you. So if I were to ask you, um, tell me one thing that you discovered about being Greek that took you by surprise? One thing about being Greek, honestly, it was just, just the popularity 
of, you know, once you throw on, once you throw on the letters, some of the people who had no clue what you were, all of a sudden now they're trying to figure out, okay, who's this? Someone asked me that a long time ago and my answer was exactly the same. I was a computer nerd. <laughs> I was SGA. I mean, only a few people knew me and all of a sudden, you know, one probate show, it's like, Hey, I'm like, Oh, Hey, how are you? Hey, you know, so I wasn't ready for that, but it was good though, because I got to meet a lot of people and I felt like I was a little more connected to the student body. So were you guys involved with a lot of community service events at that time? How would you say things differed between back then and right now? So back then, I mean, I had more time just because, you know, being in school, I didn't have any ob obligations outside of football and studying versus now. Um, I just really don't have the time. I try and help out where I can, but, you know, with having a day job and then running through businesses and my day job, you know, had me overseas for almost 10 years here and there. So it was just, yeah, I didn't really have much time for anything. When I came back from some of the places I went to, I had to kind of stay away from everybody and just kind of decompress. Right. Right. So, and, and you, and you mentioned uh, doing the sound check, you're in the IT space. So your football, your IT, how did you have time, you know, to, to make all of this happen? I just found the time. I actually didn't even go to school for IT. I just happened to fall into IT. I went to school for marketing and uh, communications. Okay, okay. But it was hard breaking into the sports field in marketing and communications, working for any of the pro teams. So I wound up getting a job in IT and just everything took off from there with that. Oh, man, that's, that's pretty good. And, and you mentioned the personal training as well as your own uh, marketing venture. Tell us a little bit about that. So with personal training, I wound up getting my master's in exercise phys. So I've always been into working out, of course, playing football. But then I learned a lot more because uh, football, they just it's all about lifting heavy, lifting heavy, lifting heavy. But, you know, as I got out of that mentality, I learned a lot more about how everybody's body is different you know, how people, how people react to different nutrition plans based on their genetics and their body. So that's when I started learning, you know, doing more of the personal training, nutrition, helping people as far as trying to put on muscle and gain weight or drop weight, whether they're men or women. Wow, man. I, I mean, you seem to be attacking life from all sides, man. One of the first pair of skills that you're going to have to use when you're coming out of college is marketing and communications, because you have to be able to market yourself to prospective employers and you have to be able to communicate that value that they're going to receive. But not just that, but being a trainer, I mean, to me, you have to kind of look the part, you know, for people to believe like, okay, well, he knows what he's talking about. So I make sure that I train properly. I eat properly. And I, I've done about five, this will be going, I'll, I'll be doing my sixth competition some point in time when this pandemic eases up. What's the category that you compete in? So I've done physique and I was looking at doing physique and classic physique until the shows got canceled. Are you training anyone now, even though we have this pandemic? Yeah, I've been doing virtual for a long time now. Like I just don't have the time to train people in person between the day job, my businesses and my own training. So people normally will tell me what their goal is. I write up a meal plan, workout plan for them, and then they have to check in with me on a weekly basis. So, you know, during this pandemic, you know, people have been creative with their workouts from home. And with the diet plan, as long as you stick to that, you'll be okay. So if some, you know, one guy wants to drop weight, you got to eat right. 
you can't sit there and start cheating and eating what you're not to because then we can't work together because you're not listening. Is it, hey, this is what you need, this is where you can get it, or is it like a yep. prepackaged um, program I need to subscribe to? It's based upon somebody's genetics, any history of injuries, any food allergies, things that foods they don't like, and we can, you know, I'll normally tailor it around that. But the one thing I tell people is because some people, they'll come to me saying, yeah, my diet is good. And I look at it and say, no, your diet's not good. Eating two meals a day is not good. You're slowing your metabolism down. So even when you're trying to lose weight, you still got to eat about five times a day to speed up your metabolism. And carbs are not the enemy. Carbs are necessary. But you have to have the right balance of carbs, proteins, and fats. Are you able to present the clients with a set of uh, options based on what their goals are? and yeah. collaborate or how does that work based on what their goals are like if i have a guy that wants to gain weight and pack on some muscle then i'll tell the program strictly for that as far as you know what he needs to eat for every meal or she needs to eat for every meal and the same thing if somebody wants to drop weight and tone up you know i give them uh you know what they need to do for cardio for diet for the workout you know one guy he just uh he wants to drop weight but problem with him is he doesn't know he says he wants to drop weight but then he wants to gain muscle and gain weight but okay. the problem is this like you're either going to cut or you're going to gain you can't do both you can't gain and you know try and shred up it's one or the other gotcha. and that's the that's the it's a misconception a lot of people have you either have to do one or the other you know, I mean, if you're going to put on weight, then yes. Are you going to gain some body fat doing that? Yes, because you got to eat more to pack on the muscle. Versus if you want to cut, then yeah, you're going to have your food reduced, increase your cardio, and cut back on the carbs a little bit. How much of your marketing background do you end up using for this business? Are people seeking you out? Or do you find that you have to put some time into getting the word out? And what strategies do you typically use? So honestly, yeah, I haven't gotten a website up and running for the personal training. It's mostly been from people at the gym that have seen me and see me work out and approach me. And then it's word of mouth from there. I think that's great, man. Keep doing what you're doing. And as you um, approach some of these competitions, man, reach out to us and let us know so we can help. You know, you okay. get that support, you get the word out. And especially with this pandemic, hopefully we can turn this into something positive. We're all trying to figure out different ways to still provide the services you said you're right outside the dc area yeah i'm in northern virginia about 30 minutes outside dc okay so where how could we learn more or possibly connect uh, have you help us out if we were interested oh i mean people just hit me up on uh, instagram people can dm me on there hey drew thank you for spending a couple of minutes to talk with us man and good luck with your ventures with the personal training and with the marketing initiatives okay of course anytime all right, Fred. All right, go mob. All right, go mob.